ultimately. So if you've got your Bibles, if you could turn with me to Isaiah chapter 41, verses 9. It'll, it'll be on the screen as well if you don't have it. But Isaiah chapter 41, verse 9 says, You whom I took from the ends of the earth and called from its furthest corners, farthest corners, saying to you, You are my servant. I have chosen you and not cast you off. Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you, I will help you, and I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. If you're taking message this morning, we're going to title this message, We Didn't Get Dressed Up for Nothing. Come on, would you pray with me this morning? Father, thank you so much for your word. I thank you for your grace and, and uh, just bringing your people together this morning. I ask that as we, we hear from your word and uh, we just are in this church together and we fellowship after, I ask that you would just continue to be with us, speak to us. God, help us conquer fear. Let fear not be something that holds us back from walking out all that you've called us to be. We love you. We praise you in Jesus' mighty name. Everyone shouted. Amen. Amen. I'm going to do every corny pastor joke that you've heard of on stage. Like, turn and say some, you know, say hi to somebody. Just do it real fast and we can get out of the way. Pastor Jason asked us to do that and everyone's like, I'm not talking to this dude. I don't even know him. You're asking me to say some weird stuff. I won't, I won't do that, I promise. So we're talking about fear this morning. If, if you know me, you'll know the one thing that I am deeply afraid of is feet. I despise feet. I don't know where it came from. It's some fear that happened when I was a child. Someone did something to my feet. I don't know what happened. But for the long, I have, like, I, I'm, I'm terrified and more grossed out by feet. So me and Pastor Jason, we went to um, Phoenix a few weeks ago, and we went for a conference. And we're walking through the airport, and we're super late, man. We, we've, we're, we're behind. We've got to get our plane. First thing you're trying to think of is how am I going to get through security the fastest? It's the security nowadays is, ugh. First world problems, I get it. They're trying to keep us safe, I thank them. But you have to take off so many things. You have to be, you basically just might as well come with like an undersuit on and all your clothes, and you have to put that through. You have to take your shoes, your hat, your wallet, keys, laptop out of the backpack, any small lotion, anything. You have to remember all these things. You have to be ready to take them out and get all your stuff off just to walk through security. And then you gotta stand in that really awkward put your hands up thing where everyone is staring at you through glass walls and that spins around and takes your picture. So I was so confident that I got everything. I mean, I was, I, I was, I was ready. We're late. Pastor Jason's out. He's waiting for me. He's like, come on, dude. Let's go. What are you doing? I've got picks in my pocket. I've got keys. <laughs> Take my laptop out, all this stuff. So I walk through, and I, I do the scan. I walk out, and I turn around, and there's like a picture of a dude who's just standing like this. And there's an orange spot or a yellow spot where they, they have to check. So there was one flag right up here on my chest, which was like a, I had a zipper on my shirt. And then there's one on my foot. Then I, I forgot, I've been, I had this brace on my foot for, I, I kind of hurt my Achilles tendon, so I'm wearing this brace. And it's not really even a brace. It's more like a sock with a strap on it. Like, it's not like one of those big casts that I can hide stuff in. So I, it, it, sometimes it's so, I, I forget that I'm even wearing it sometimes. It's really not that big of a deal. It feels like a sock. So the guy sits down, he says, okay, I'm going to have to pat down your foot. <laughs> You're going to have to remove your sock thing, your brace, and then I'm going to have to pat down your foot. So I was like, all right. Uh, and we're running late, so mind you, I'm trying to get all this done fast. I'm like, okay, can, there's got to be another option, bro. Like, I'll take off my sock, and can you just look at my foot and acknowledge <laughs> that there's no, no wires in it or nothing, I'm good. I'll stick my whole body through the thing and just go through the conveyor belt, <laughs> like anything please don't touch my feet. And he's like, uh, and look back at the line. He's like, no, just take it off. I will pat down your feet. 
Guys, I was literally heaving, dry heaving. <laughs> he was just caressing my foot. I hate feet. I'm sorry. I don't know why. It's my foot. I, I know it's my own foot, but I still... I don't like other people's feet. I don't like my feet. I don't like people to touch my feet. I've been married for almost 10 years, and my wife still will come over and touch my feet. Like, and she knows when we got married, I said, there's an agreement. I don't, don't deal with feet. Sorry, honey. We just take care of that. Feet are okay. Like my baby's feet, Harper, my daughter, they're good till about two. Yeah. And then feet just, just they don't go downhill, right? Who... They just get gross. My son's feet are terrible. They stink. Anyway, let's get off feet. Sorry. <laughs> what are you afraid of this morning? What is your fear? What, if, is it deep water? Is it heights? Is it arachnophobia? Those are some of the just practical things that we deal, deal with on a daily fear. And I think that's, I'm kind of embellishing that story a little bit just to make fun. But we're talking about some deeper, level, deeper levels of fear. Maybe it's what, about, what, if, what others think about you. Maybe it's fear of failure acceptance, maybe it's vulnerability, maybe it's a fear of stepping out and being brave. There's so many type of things that we fear with or have fear in that can hold us back in our walk with Christ and hold us back in succeeding in our walk with Christ. And you could be afraid of the small things, the physical things, the feet, (laughs) the other things. Come on, but don't be afraid of who God has called you to be. Because of all these things, if I were to boil down where I think fear is pulled from, I think fear is is pulled out of one simple thing, and that is the absence of identity. There's so many times that we walk through our life and we fear uh, of stepping out. I remember when I first started to lead worship, which I have the privilege to do all the time, I was so scared of it because I was scared of messing up, singing the wrong words, which I still do now, or playing the wrong chord, or saying the wrong thing to the church, and I was so afraid of it that it would actually hold me back, and I would, I would lead differently. To the point where someone like, you, you sound really uncomfortable up there. What is, what is your problem, man? You, you are called by God to lead worship. Why don't you do it? And it's so understanding our identity and who God has called to be that we can step out and lead. Because what has happened in the past is not, doesn't have to define you. So fear is the absence of identity, but fear is also the absence of knowing that failure doesn't define who you are. And sometimes we fear things that we failed at before because we feel like it's been labeled This is who you are because you failed before. So when you know who you are and you know who God calls you to be, you don't have to wrestle with fear. But we even know Jesus feared. He feared death. We read in the the garden when he was battling and saying, God, I don't want this. If it's not not what you have for me, take it from me. And we know that even Jesus feared. So we know that it, it is so easy to get caught up in fear. But he understood who he was and still carried out the greatest gift ever. Amen? Fear is the enemy's way of confusion. There's a big thing that I've been thinking about all week is one of the biggest fears is comparison. We just try to compare yourself to the next thing and that person that's whatever in your job or you're like, man, I just, I, he is this or she is that or I want to be like him or he's on this or whatever. Comparison. There's a big fear of, of not wanting to be your own self and who God has called to be so you try to latch on to someone else. Come on, that's not, that's not what God has for us. So we're going we're gonna to read, we're going to get into the story of David and Goliath. Who loves that story? I love David and Goliath. Everyone saw it when they were in we, the children's church. I've, like, I think I've saw the story when I was in children's church, youth ministry, young adults, and in church several times. So we're not going to read the whole story, but we'll kind of unpack it a little bit and, and get into some things that we can see from David and how he faces fear. So, so some ways, how we're going to pick a fight with fear. 
Is this good? Anybody getting something this morning? Come on. 1 Samuel chapter 17. Uh, turn in your Bible if you've got, or a cell phone or an iPad. I once saw a dude that had a whole laptop in church, which I thought was awesome. If you're going to, that's where your Bible is stored, just do it. Just don't write on it. That's not good. But there's something about the old text, right? Being able to write in your Bible. I colored in my Bible uh, this week, and then I realized it bled through the next page. So uh, Isaiah chapter 18 might be tough to read. So 1 Samuel chapter 17, we're going to read verses 19 through 23. It says now, so we, 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 we're up to the, the point of the story where the armies have come over and the, the, Israelites have just, or the Israelites have just been introduced to Goliath. This man steps out and he's a giant. He's got all this armor on and everyone fears him because he's the biggest, he's a giant, he's the biggest man. And he's calling out, he's kind of mocking them saying, who, who, who of you is going to defeat me? And he's calling out and kind of just saying, what you got? Bring, bring it on, your next thing. So we take it up in verse 19, and we're going to learn how David was able to face his fear. Now Saul and they and all the men of Israel were in the valley of Elah, fighting with the Philistines. And David rose early morning and left the sheep with the keeper and took the provisions and went. And Jesse had commanded him. And he came to the encampment as the host was going out to the battle line, shouting war cry. And Israel and the Philistines drew up a battle army against army. And if, you're, if you can underline in, your, underline in your Bible, underline verse 22. And David left the things in charge of the keeper and the baggage and ran, everyone say ran, ran. to the ranks and went and greeted his brothers. As he talked with them, behold, the champion, yeah, that's pretty cool. Like he, he, the Goliath is that, like people call him the champion already. He hasn't even won anything yet, but he's already the champion because he's massive. The Philistine of Gath, Goliath by name, came up out of the ranks in the Philistines and spoke the same words as before. And then underline this again, and David heard him. The first point this morning that we can unpack from the story is we need to face our fear. David, the two parts that I underline in, in this, the passage of Scripture that we read is David left his sheep. So there's a, there's a point to be taken from that is sometimes when you're about to encounter your fear, you need to drop what's holding you back in order to step in and look at your fear. I don't know what is holding you back, whether it's uh, something you turn to for comfort. I know a lot of people, that I, need, I need the next book, the 13 different ways that I can face my fear. Sometimes we reach for a book. Sometimes we, we reach for, uh, for something that is a struggle for us, whether it's sin, whether it's something else. And sometimes we need to drop that to turn and face our fear. And David did that, where he said he left his sheep. He dropped them. And then David heard him. We account that to saying he turned and he faced what he heard. David is now standing looking at this, this great thing, this champion named Goliath. We need to accept our fear to understand how to defeat it. Because sometimes we, we operate in fear and don't even know that we're afraid of something. Just by That's the way that we've done our whole life when we've been timid and, and scared and held back. And there's sometimes that we don't even know what we're afraid of until we understand it and face it. And so what I'm encouraging this morning, if you know, or you're just, our prayer this morning is be, God, let me face my fear. Let me, let me look at acceptance right in the face and say, I am a child of God. I am called by you. I am bigger than that fear. And I could stand and look at it and face it and understand it and know that it's there, knowing that you are behind me and you've got my back and you've called me. Come we go back to that scripture we read in the beginning in Isaiah. It says, you whom I took from the ends of the earth and called you from its furthest corners. Goliath was indeed bigger. He was indeed stronger. He was the mightier opponent. 
mightier opponent, yet David still won. We know the story. David won. But if you don't face your fears, you're never going to be able to defeat them, church. And I'm speaking to myself this morning. I've got fears. I've got things that I'm trying to face, but they're tough for me. Worship leading was such, for the longest time, it was, it was really hard for me because I was, I was afraid of certain things. So people spoke over my life said, no, you are called to do this. You are spoken by from God. He has anointed you. He's put you in this place to lead worship. Do not be afraid of who you are. Do not be afraid to walk in your identity. Fear is the absence of identity. So we're going to turn, again, a little bit further down in the chapter, chapter 17, verses 38 through 40. And it says, then Saul, so basically what has taken place after this, David heard him, he walked in, all the guys are going, look at that dude, he's really massive, and David's like, whoa, what's going on, what am I going to do, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna def- I'm gonna, I'm gonna to go battle this guy. So then Saul, in chapter 38, clothed David with his armor, he put a helmet of bronze on his head, who knows that would be awesome, if you had a helmet of bronze, I would be down with that, and clothed him with a coat of mail. And David strapped his sword over his armor, and he tried in vain to go, for he had not tested them. Then David said to Saul, I cannot go with these, for I have not tested them. Who has put on clothes that are way too big before? That's kind of how I envision that this happened. And David is standing in front of like all these warriors that are all suited. David's, I think, like 5'2", roughly. And I'm short, so I understand the struggle. But I just imagine him putting on that mail, and it just like drapes down. And like the arms are like farther and flapping. The helmet is way too big. And David's like, guys, <laughs> this ain't going to do. Like, I can't do anything. And says, uh, again, I cannot go with these for I have not tested them. So David put them off. Then he took his staff in his hand and he chose five smooth stones from the brook and put them in his pouch, which is a really gross word, by the way. Pouch is disgusting. <laughs> when the Bible says words that make me go, ugh. Another for the reason. His sling was in his hand, and he approached the Philistine. My point, my second point this morning is use what you have. Use what you have. So many people complain about what they don't have, or why not having what they don't have is a problem. Have you ever met that person that says why they need that thing before they can start? I mean, how many times that I've talked to people, I've done, you know, just different auditions with youth before, and for the worship team, and they're like, I can't sing in this environment because... The dew, the dew levels and the moisture levels, and I, I, I'm not used to this song, and I need, I need my room. It's got like the natural reverb, and I just, I can't do. A... They need their thing before they're confident. And I did that too when I was a little kid. I auditioned, I think, when I was like 12. And for a 12-year-old boy auditioning, there's that time where your voice is transitioning. So a lot of like this. I can leave worship, I promise. Singing. It's one of those things. You have those people that not having them think, not having that thing is holding them back. There's sometimes when we, when we try to, we need to use what we have and not try to put on other stuff. There's so many times where we try to reach again for that book, The 13 Better Ways to Conquer Fear or this. And sometimes we just need to turn to Jesus and understand who we are. David, all he had, he, they tried to put on all this stuff. They gave him a big sword that he probably couldn't even carry. A helmet that was way too big and all the stuff that he's wearing. He's got guys, I've, I got a sling like a little leather strap. Woo! I would love to, like a fly on the wall in that room when all the guys, you know, who've been in battle and are fighting and they have to go to the front line and get this guy. And David's like, yeah, man, I'm going to beat him with the sling thing. Five stones. I got it, man. 
Just back me up. Sometimes we got to use what we have. You know why? Because that's what God calls you to be. He didn't call you to be someone else to search out for something that works for this person because you're afraid of using what you have. Use what you have. If you're seeking something in your job, come on, be the best person in your job. Show up and, 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 and be committed and support your boss. Or if you want to sing and you're trying to learn, record yourself on your phone. I mean, these are really practical things that I've done in my life to be practical and to help me use what you have. And the biggest thing we can use to have is the knowledge of knowing who God made you to be. Because when you forget who God made you, you try to reach for that other stuff. You try to go saying, how can I be more like that guy? Because that guy is succeeding. And I know that if I could be like him, if I could do the five different ways, I'm going to look that good in church, or I'm going to do this, or I'm going to, whatever it is. Fill, fill in the blank of what you feel that might be. Use what you have. i got to use what I have, which is not a lot sometimes. But I know who God made me to be, and so... I step into a place of just knowing and being so confident in God, who God made me to be. And sometimes that's not there. It's really not. And it is a struggle. That's why I'm, I'm preaching to myself this morning. This morning, I, I dealt a little bit with fear about standing in front of everybody. I know you all judging me. <laughs> just kidding. I tried to look cool with the black jeans and the 90s shirt. <laughs> tried to be as much like Pastor Jason as possible, get him really skinny and like tight. No, but I had to say, God, you know what? You've, you've called me for right now to preach this message in this moment in front of these people. And tonight at five, that's a plug. Come back at five if you can. <laughs> Bring your friends. I know it's Memorial Day. But sometimes we've got to use what God's given you. Amen? We need to stop making excuses. We need to set ourselves up for success. We need to be really practical sometimes. Practical in, in, in putting the things in our life that set us up for success, whether that's hanging out with the right people, come on, preach somebody. Whether that's not listening to the certain music, come on, preach somebody. Whether it's not going to that certain movie, you know, it cause you to stumble, somebody, come on, amen. Whatever it is, set yourself up for success. Put things in your life that can help you. I know that the men's group has been an awesome place for men to come and connect and just be practical and talk with other guys. It's the same with the women's group. Just, it's, it's just practical enough to just, I could sit with with other people that go through life like me and go through struggles. I don't have to be spiritual. I don't have to know much about the Bible. I just need to be there to be committed with other people. And sometimes that's a very practical thing that we can do. But we need to understand, church, to, to be who God's called us to be. We need to use what God's given us. First Peter 2.9 says that you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood. Come on, he's called us. But yet we shy away from what we have and we get so scared about, man, I don't... God, I don't know if this is my right thing or I'm trying to be like him. I, just, I can't out to him, but maybe if I dress like him or maybe if I do the same thing he does and you don't even enjoy it. Come on, has anyone been there before? Don't raise your hand. I just raised my hand. Sorry. <laughs> but David knew something. He knew what he was good at, right? He knew what he had. He, all he needed was five stones and he marched out. And we read on again in verse 41 through 47, 1 Samuel chapter 17. And the Philistine moved toward and came near to David and a shield bearer in front of him. And the Philistine looked and saw David and disdained him, for he was but a youth, ruddy and handsome in appearance, like me. <laughs> That's a classic pastor joke. It's really easy. And the Philistine said to David, 
Am I a dog? This is Goliath talking to David. He says, Am I a dog that you come to me with sticks? And the Philistine said to David, Come to me, and I will give you flesh to the birds and to the air. And the Philistine, or, and then David said to the Philistine, You come at me with a sword and with a spear and a javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. This day the Lord will deliver you into my hand, and I will strike you down and cut off your head. Cut off your head. Mm. <laughs> it's literally in my notes to say cut off your head. I don't know why. Because I'm like, man, I want to be cool and say that with some stank on it, but if I just read it straight out, I'm going to forget it, so I've got to put it in my notes. So like Pastor Jason will come back from vacation. He'll be like, hey, I want to read, read through your notes and just, you know, just see your message as I listen to it on the podcast. And he's going to literally read in the context, cut off your head. What did you speak on? All right. David looked at him and said, you come at me with a sword, but I come at you in the name of Christ. I come at you with the God that is backing me, the God, the Lord of hosts that comes. My third point is don't sell yourself short. Don't sell yourself, sell yourself short. Yes, David was small in stature, and Goliath was massive, and he stared. He, David stood there looking at his fear. And we read in the context, there's a little... Uh, kind of fudginess about how big we actually think Goliath is, but some believe he was nine feet, six inches tall, and he had feet that were 19 inches long. Oh boy. That's massive. David was 5'2", so like right about there. <laughs> you notice I didn't have to shrink that much to get from 5'8 and three quarters down to 5'2". That three quarters is important. You gotta hold on to that three quarters. Hold on to it. Yes, David was small, and your enemy may be bigger, your fear may be bigger, fill in the blank, your Goliath may be bigger, but we know that God is bigger than our fears, amen? God made you, he called you for a purpose. Again, 1 Peter 2.9, it's my favorite scripture in the Bible, I got a tattooed on my arm, it says, you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood. The word chosen can't go lost in that because he has called us out from the God who made the stars, who knows each of us by name and says, you, I have called you to do this. I have called you to do this. This is who you are. And because of what Jesus did on the cross and conquered the grave, we now have access to walk into that calling, right? We don't got to worry about what sacrifice we have to do. Man, I, did, I screwed up this weekend. I got to go kill a goat over the weekend now and figure out, no, no. Jesus abolished that on the cross and said, now you walk with me in grace. You walk in understanding. It doesn't matter about what you've done, about how many times you've failed. Thank you, Pastor Jason, for stealing my message. About how many times you've done this, we can now walk into the confidence of knowing who God has called us to be. Come on, somebody. Don't sell yourself short because God made you. The moment you sell yourself short, you rob God of his masterpiece that he's made in you. The moment you say, I can't do it, Goliath, my fear is bigger than me. You're robbing God of who he called you to be because ultimately it doesn't matter how big the fear is. What matters is that God had called you. The moment you sell yourself short, you rob God of his masterpiece in you. Comparison, failure. What is your giant this morning? What giant did you turn and face and you're now staring at and you're trying to figure out how do I conquer this beast? How do I conquer my fear I think athletes do this the best, the, the, they kind of encap, or encapsulate what we're talking about this morning. The moment you fear your opponent is the moment they've already beaten you. The moment you let them get inside your head, 
I always tell athletes that you, you're bigger, faster, stronger. The moment you let them get inside your head is the moment that you've already, they've already gained that extra step on you. So your fear will always be bigger, will always be faster, will always be stronger. But if you have the heart of a champion, come on, and you understand who you are, we know how to defeat them. Amen? I just love that David in the midst of being the shortest guy. Come on, he knew who he was. He didn't have an identity crisis, which I think is the, the root of fear. And I think that if we can learn to, to tap into knowing who God has called us to be, and we can, and we can walk in that conviction all the time, knowing this is who I am, Father. I know that you've called me to be this. I, I believe that we can look fear straight in the face and say, bring it on. Or cut off your head, whatever you want to say. <laughs> Come on, would you stand with me this morning?